Have you ever wondered what would happen if the US power grid experienced cataclysmic failures? Yeah, we gotta talk about that. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, hey there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, joining you live from our Cardio Miracle Studios here in lovely Eastern Indiana. The Brian Nichols Show is powered by Amp America. Thank you, Amp America, for supporting the show. Please go ahead and support our friends over at Amp America. Also, support our amazing studio sponsor, Cardio Miracle. I've been using Cardio Miracle now for give or take about half a year. And I got to tell you, uh, with using it morning and night, I have to say the Cardio Miracle difference is 1000% real. I see it for myself. Better sleep, better heart health, better lifts at the gym, all that and more. So if you want to join the tens of thousands of other folks out there who are experiencing the cardio miracle difference for themselves, just like yours truly, we'll head to the show notes. The link is right there. Go ahead, click the link. It'll bring you over to our friends at cardiomiracle.com. Make sure you use code TBNS. You're going to get 15% off your order. And by the way, there's a 100% money back guarantee. So you quite literally have nothing Nothing to lose uh, besides that uh, unfortunate sad heart. So make sure you go ahead support your heart health today. One more time, link in the show notes, briannicholshow.com forward slash heart, Cardio Miracle, the best heart health supplement in the world. All right, folks, let's dig into today's episode. And that is, well, let's talk about the power grid. Let's talk about energy. And yes, God forbid, if we were ever to have some catastrophic event to our power grid, but also What other forms of energy should we be paying attention to to help discuss that and more? Joining us today, Robert Bryce from the host of a Power Hungry podcast. Robert, welcome to the Brian Nichols Show. Uh, It's a pleasure to be with you, Brian. But just check the humble host. Did you say humble host? I think (laughs) I I was listening. I I didn't sound humble, but it's okay. Let's Uh, go ahead. You know, I I guess that's my uh, that's being humble. That's that's the little uh, that's the little thing I get to add on there as the the host. I get to add a little (laughs) little sprinkle of jazz. Robert, thank you for joining us. I'm really looking forward to today's conversation. But first, before we dig into all things uh, energy, but also catastrophic failures of the power grid, let's do ourselves a favor first. Let's rewind a little bit. Let's let you introduce. yourself as well as your podcast plus a new docu-series that's releasing here today robert the floor is yours where would you like to start well thanks um thrilled to be with you brian um yes today today in fact for free on youtube i'm releasing a new docu-series it's called juice power politics and the grid i'm really proud of this project i've been working on it uh, really since 2021 with my colleague tyson culver it's a five-part docu-series talking about why our why and how our electric grid has been fragilized and what we need to do to fix it and the short answer is we need to embrace nuclear power um uh, but we we started really with the winter storm Uri here in Texas in 2021. We talk about how the the grid got Enron, how the effect of Enron and the Enron Corporation still we're feeling today uh, in terms of our power markets. We talk about the false promise of renewable energy. In particular, we focus on the Osage tribe in Oklahoma. I'm a native of Oklahoma. 
talk about the nuclear renaissance. And then finally, we end with an episode about what we call uh, uh, industrial cathedrals, about why we need nuclear energy if we're serious about affordable, reliable electricity and reducing CO2 emissions. So super proud of that, of that docuseries. But uh, I'm also on Substack. I write on Substack, robertbrice.substack.com. I host the Power Hungry podcast. I'm a public speaker. I'm fully employed, Brian, but uh, <laughs> really happy to talk about the docuseries. Love it. Well, let, let's go back a quarter decade because I heard a, a familiar name pop up there. Enron. Enron. I thought sure. Enron was long gone. That was that was like, what, right there before the world changed with 9-11 uh, happening? Wasn't there a few players like Carl Rove and a few other folks who were involved in all that nonsense, too? Or am I misremembering that? I don't remember Rove being involved in this, but what, what the Enron effect was this idea that, and, and Enron really pioneered it first in California and then in Texas, this idea that electricity is a, is a commodity and that you just can sell it like anything else. And there was a famous quote from a Texas senator at the time when Texas deregulated or restructured its market, as Ken Lay, the former CEO of Enron, put it. Uh, he said, well, you know, effectively, electricity is just like beans. And if you don't, you know, if you don't like a can of beans in one store, you can go down the street and buy a can of beans from another store. Well, it's just fundamentally misunderstanding what electricity is. And so but Enron was a key player, both, of course, in Texas and then, of course, in 2020, uh, 2001, flamed out in what was then the biggest bankruptcy in American history. But a lot of the legacy that we see now in electricity markets today around this idea of pricing and and just in time, you know, generation and just in time natural gas providing uh, power uh, or fuel to power plants. This was all pioneered by Enron. And so in many ways, the electric sector today is very much a, a reflection of how Enron uh, and Enron's political power uh, two decades and how that's still manifesting today. Interesting stuff. And by the way, I, I, I looked while you were, were speaking there. Karl Rove was the head of their political action committee. That's what it was. I, I remember he uh, was related somehow, but I just the, the, the synapses weren't all firing here to there. Uh, so, Robert, let's dig into, though, you talked about electricity, you talked about I heard some some pricing and stuff. We are more of a free market uh, free market podcast. We, we are sure. much more on board with the ideas of an open and fair marketplace. So with that, we, we look at the, the marketplace right now. And we see the exact opposite, right? We see a, a marketplace where subsidies are what rules the day, not the competitive advantage of the free marketplace. So talk to us about what you're experiencing from a, a true market standpoint in terms of what we're being fed as re renewable alternative options of energy versus what the market actually says would be a viable, actually successful alternative to what we've been seeing today. Sure. And then that's a really good uh, way to think about what how the grid is being undermined. And we have a whole one of our episodes called Undermined by Enron. But why is the grid being fragilized? Why are we building so much wind and solar today? Why are so many rural com uh, communities around the country, why are they fighting back against this uh, landscape destroying uh, w wind and solar projects? We'll follow the money. Hello, duh. This is the oldest one of the oldest maxims in politics. Follow the money. Why are so many companies trying to build solar? Well, that's where the money is. Uh, in fact, I wrote about this on my Substack, robertbrice.substack.com, that, it, that it, even the federal government's own data, the, the Department of Energy's own numbers show that today, or the, on, on a per unit of energy produced basis, that is the key metric, right? How much energy you're actually producing. Solar is getting 300 times more in federal subsidies than nuclear power. 300? So why are we built? 
302 times to be exact. <laughs> so of course, these wind developer, solar companies are going to build solar or power companies are going to build solar. Of course, they're going to build wind because they wind, uh, the number is 160x nuclear. So this this distortion in the marketplace, and you said, yes, yeah, so we're, we're, we're for free markets. Okay, well, I am too. But the electric sector, the electricity business is a fundamentally different business. It's not, you can't just go out and string up new wires to your house. You have one set of wires. So this idea, oh, we'll just treat it like a commodity. It's a fundamentally flawed concept. And that's one of the reasons why nuclear has had a hard time gaining purchase in the marketplace mm. because it needs strong government backing. Interesting. Well, so let, let's dig into the sure. technologies that are out there a little bit more because I and and maybe this is uh, my my overly optimistic mind here. We at the show we we tend to like to focus on solutions, and sure. the, the solutions we've outlined here um, from the electric standpoint for for energy. Right, like let's look at solar, wind, gas, natural gas. Uh, you have your your crude oil, nuclear. Is there something we're missing? Is there maybe another? option out there. I mean, you mentioned the 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 realities of you can't just go and string up, you know, a brand new uh, lines of, of power lines through a city for every single potential company that's out there. I, and I hear you 100%. But is there maybe are we missing something? Are we focusing too much on what we think are the answers or what government is trying to promote as answers versus there are folks out there who maybe are looking at energy in a completely different way that we really haven't even conceptualized yet? Sure. Well, let me answer it this way, Brian. And, and by the way, one of the reasons I talk about Enron is that my first book was on Enron, remarkably enough. Now, 22 years ago, it was called Pipe Dreams. That was my, I've written six books. That was my first book, Pipe Dreams, Greed, Ego, and the Death of Enron. But Enron pioneered this idea, back to your point there, which was, oh, well, we can use wind. And, and so they were one of the pioneers of pushing wind energy into the marketplace. And, and they got brownie points for being, oh, you know, so-called green company, right? And so they became one of the darlings of the left, of the environmental movement, of this, you know, the, the groups like the Sierra Club and others. Joe Rahm, who became one of their big proponents, was talking about how great Enron was. Well, they pioneered this idea, oh, well, we'll just disaggregate the market. We'll let all these free, these players come into the business. Well, it sounds great in, in theory, but look what happened in California. You had the, the now PG, Pacific Gas and Electric has gone bankrupt twice. This uh, What happened in Enron, with when Enron went into California and they said, oh, we'll just restructure the marketplace and we'll just re rejigger it to accommodate wind and solar, the re result has been massive increases in electricity prices. And so what has been the result because of this this idea, oh, we'll just treat this like a commodity, electricity prices in California have gone up three times faster than electric rates in the U.S. overall. And 3x is a, the differential. So this is terrible for the poor in the middle class, absolutely ruinous. And yet it's being promoted because it sounds good. And so this, I, these ideas are very appealing to a broad segment of the, pub, the public, but they don't understand the electricity grid. They don't understand where electricity comes from. And it's a little, it takes a few minutes to explain it. It's one of the main reasons why I made this docu-series, which you can find more at juicetheseries.com. Yeah, so I always have the exp uh, the the expression, when you're explaining, you're losing, which is why right. we educate, right? We, we don't want to necessarily just explain, uh, you know, well, well, this is why it would work better. We, we're going to go through, and this is what you're doing in this new docu-series, you're explaining step-by-step, -step, five episodes, correct? That's right. Yeah, so five episodes, you're going through, and not just outlining the problem, 
but outlining the problem and then offering some some tangible solutions. So with that, and we're helping yeah. people understand what the grid is. Yes. So in, in one of the first episodes, we talk about well, what is the grid? And as Meredith Angwin, who's one of the stars of the of the the docu series, she says the grid is everything that helps provide that brings electricity to you. So it's not an easy concept to get because we we take it for granted, right? The light that I have, you know, right here, the microphone. We assume electricity is always going to be here and available. Right. But the other key reason why I made this docuseries was I got blacked out here in Austin in 2021 during Winter Storm Uri for 48 hours. So if in Texas, the electricity or rather the energy capital of the world, if the grid can almost come this close, and I mean, it was only a few minutes from complete failure, it indicates that we're going the wrong direction. And so that was really one of the main motivators for me doing this. I, I didn't want to make another documentary, Brian. I thought it's too hard, takes too long, and there's a lot of friction. But I was called to make this one, and that's why I did it. So without spoiling the docu-series, right, let, let's go through and maybe give some some remedies here. We want people to go ahead and actually check it out, which, by the way, it airs today, so links will be included in the show notes. But beyond, I guess, the, the approach that I think a lot of more free market-minded people would think of, to, to the point you raised earlier, I guess more or less commoditizing electricity, um, right. and, and in your experience and, and you know looking at what we see with California, with Texas, saying that this example didn't work, what example would you maybe bring to the table saying, here's here's how we can maybe bring some alternatives to the marketplace and do so in a manner that's not going to artificially or arbitrarily jack up prices, whether that's because of market forces or some other nefarious force or government subsidies or what have you. What are what are the, the means to actually start getting some some tangible positive change in the right direction? Well, thank you. That's a really good question. And and I've testified before Congress and I'm, you know, I'm proud to say I have. I've, I've testified before Congress seven times. And in many of those appearances, I've said the same thing. If we're serious about reducing CO2 emissions, we're serious about long-term reliability of the grid, we need to get serious about nuclear power. But what does that require? And this is the part where I part company with this idea, well, we'll just let the market decide. No, we're going to have to have long-term sustained bipartisan support for nuclear energy from the federal government. That's that's the only way that it's going to work. And I, I you know, I'm, I'm as much a capitalist as anyone else. But when you look around the world at the places where nuclear power is succeeding, you've got strong government intervention. So one of the things we, we talk about is how well Canada has done and just in the last few years, really done an about face and embraced nuclear power. They have the largest nuclear single nuclear power station in the world, Bruce Power in Ontario. And now they've decided they're going to expand. But that has taken a lot of uh, you know, it's taken a while to get there, but look at the other places around the world, the other countries where nuclear is succeeding, Russia, China, North Korea, or South Korea, rather, France, you have strong government involvement. But one other key point here, Brian, and that is the other, the other part of this is it's not just enough to nod toward it. We're going to have to have that our own infrastructure, own ability to manufacture our own reactors and critically to provide, to mine and refine and, 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 and process, uh, our own uranium. And we've ceded that market to the Russians and Russia is not our friend. Mm. Nuclear. You keep coming back to nuclear. Is nuclear, in your opinion, the one viable option we really have here? No, it's not. And look, I, 
I'm a longtime critic of the alternative energy business, solar and wind, because I view many, in many cases, these companies that are pushing these uh, projects, they're just after the tax credits. It's not about climate change at all. It's about collecting as much rent from the government as they can. And I say that as someone who has solar panels on the roof of my house, I have eight and a half kilowatts of solar panels on the roof of my house. Why do you? I got big fat subsidies, Brian. Are you kidding? I'm going to collect the subsidies if they're there. Hello. Um, but I've been a longtime proponent of two, uh, very simple, natural gas to nuclear. These are the, if we're serious about decarbonization and the U.S. has a plenty of natural gas, natural gas to nuclear is the way forward. But I say that, but I, we also have to be clear, the existing coal-fired stations that we have, we need to keep open for reliability. So when it comes to the broad public, and I mean the broadest sense of that, the, the poor and the middle class, the working class, we can they are being abused by this bad energy policy when it comes to the electric grid and we need to make sure that the resilience affordability reliability the electric grid is protected first and foremost and we're not doing that you're listening to robert bryce here on the brian nichols show powered by amp america robert when we're looking at and i just want to go back to the the way we bring alternatives to the 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 market i'm going to use the word market here um loosely but to, to the marketplace in this example what would you say is the best means to avoid the crony capitalism, right? We we see the, the benefits of the free markets. We see the benefits of capitalism. But always, you know, lurking there in the shadows are those individuals who would leverage the, the free market system to their own personal uh, adv- adv- advantages, that is, um, but doing so by leveraging those levers at government. Um, so what's the best means to avoid that crony capitalist mentality? Um, set fire to Washington D.C. Was that? I mean, <laughs> is, that a, is that a viable option? If I'm king here, you know, I'm only half joking. But you look at the Inflation Reduction Act, Brian, that was so-called Inflation Reduction yeah. Act of 2020. It was it, there were lollipops for everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just one of the biggest giveaways in American uh, congressional history. I mean, you know, every uh, what hydrogen, electric vehicles, solar, wind. I mean, it was a I, I think of it as a run on the treasury in name of, in the name of climate change. So how do you limit that crony capitalism? Man, I wish I knew. And unfortunately, you know, I'm not a partisan. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I am flat disgusted. I mean, totally disgusted because that piece of legislation, which remember didn't pass by a majority, only passed by one vote cast by Kamala Harris in the, in the reconciliation process. It, you know, every industry, every industry, including the oil and gas industry, went in there and said, we want lollipops. And, and the Republicans and Democrats said, oh, you want lollipops? How about two? And so the cost of that legislation is going to be stratospheric unless it, unless there's some reform made. So this might be a little bit out of the purview, Robert, but I, I would love to kind of get an insider's perspective here. We've been hearing, especially with what's all happening at the border right now, that we as a country might not be as safe and secure as we thought. We have literally millions of people entering the United States from the southern borders every single month. And with that, yeah. are they all, you know, the, just the best folks out there? Probably not. So, Robert, you look at what we talked about earlier with the power grids being so, so exposed, what you experience in Texas being one day away from the grid completely crapping the bed. Are we at risk from a terrorist type of attack, whether that's someone who crossed the border illegally, a cyber attack from Russia, China, you name the the nefarious state actor, or something else? 
Well, let me be clear. The electric grid is vulnerable and always and always has been. And so immigration aside, you know, who's coming across the border? It's a big issue here in Texas, I will grant you. And, and a real test of federalism and state powers and the rest of it. Um, but that's a separate issue from what we're facing here in terms of the the risks to our most important energy network. I call the electric grid the mother network. It's the most important energy network. It's the network upon which all our other societal critical networks depend, right? Whether it's uh, uh, traffic lights, hospitals, uh, water treatment, the, the communications grid, all of these depend on on reliable, abundant flows of, of electricity. So we've had some attacks in the last few years on the power grid that have been very worrisome, including uh, it was in Santa Clara County, California, where uh, some group and a, a group of attackers who were never apprehended, never even identified, used AK-47s to shoot up a high power transformer station. And 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 the FBI investigated and never found any suspects. There were, you know, a couple of yahoos. I think it was in North Carolina a few months ago did the same thing. So there the grid itself is, let's be clear, vulnerable and, and vulnerable to physical attacks, vulnerable to cyber attacks, although you know, the, 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 the utilities and the power sector, they, they're very aware of their, their vulnerabilities on the cyber attack front. So they're working very hard on that. I know because I've, I've been briefed on that, but hell yes, we're vulnerable. Absolutely. We're vulnerable. And it's not just from, from severe weather. There are a lot of bad actors in the world who would love nothing better than to, to mess up our electric grid. And I'd also add that there is a very serious threat internally from these NGO groups, including that are funded by one of the richest people in America, Michael Bloomberg, who has made his stated goal shutting down all the coal plants and half of the gas plants in this country. That would be ruinous for reliability. Absolutely ruinous. And he wants to do it by 2030. That's yeah. So there's where we go to the segment, Robert, called Final Thoughts. And um, sure. I want to I want to quick thing uh, kick things off here. There's a, a quote. I'm pulling it up. Here we go. So the, the great H.L. Uh, Mencken, he said, uh, democracy is, uh, here we go. D democracy is democracy. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. Democracy is the idea that the average person knows what they want and they deserve to get it good and hard. Um, you have <laughs> folks like Michael Bloomberg who yeah. they go out and they, they promote this utopian vision. You got Greta, Greta Thunberg, right? Looking at anybody over the age of 35 going, how dare you that you're, you're not wanting to close every single, uh, coal fire, uh, powered power plant in, in the world. And they don't realize maybe they do. I don't think they do that. That would literally kill millions of people yeah. like in a month, just, just instantly because all of a sudden, as we talked about earlier, all the things that we don't really think about that use electricity, not only are those all gone, but now you're you're losing the, the heat during the winter. You're losing the, the sanitation. Um, you're losing all these other things that go along with energy, electricity, and being able sure. to, to take care of these different, uh, different instances. So I look at folks who are trying to save the planet, and I just say, are, are you trying to save the planet? Or are you trying to destroy it? Because with actions like this, you will inevitably lead to a situation where tens, hundreds of millions of, of dead bodies in the wake of this utopian vision of progress. And I think it's so in, in, important for us to take a step back and actually ask what works, what what works, what doesn't work, and be and and get rid of the emotion, be be logical, be reasoned, and and with that, stop taking the bait. 
when it's so easy to take, when people use scare tactics to, to get you to jump on board. Uh, our good friend, yeah. um, Dr. Uh, Patrick uh, Moore, he joined us and he was talking about the scare tactics that are used um, and have been used throughout all of history to get people to to make sure. decisions that they normally would not make. We saw this all firsthand in 2020 uh, when, when the COVID pandemic came down. So beware of the, the doomsdayers, beware of the one-size-fits-all utopian solutions. Um, the answer, as always in life, is somewhere in that middle zone. So that's my final thoughts for today. Robert, what do you have for us on your end as we wrap things up? Well, I agree with you. And I, with, uh, with sobriety. We need a mm. very sober approach here, to, here. These, to our energy and power networks. That's the key. We have to be very sober and very clear-eyed about the decisions that are being made. And I agree with you. Um, you know, you, you went on there for quite a while, and I, I understand why. And I agree with a lot of what you said. But where these decisions around the grid are being made by emotion and not and and by lawyers and not by engineers. And we face a very very perilous future if we allow policymakers to under continue undermining the grid with bad policy. And it's happening at the state level. It's happening at the federal level. Happening at the local level. And we need a very sober approach. And that's why I made this docu series: Juice Power Politics in the Grid. Juice the series. Check it out. It's for free. Um, and I'm super proud of this pro this project. My colleague Tyson Culver did a great job putting it all together. Doing my job for me, Robert. I was going to go ahead and promote it right here, but you did it for me. Yes, <laughs> Juice, Power, Politics, and The Grid. We'll include that link in the show notes. Uh, thank you again, Robert, for, for joining us. This has been a great conversation. And I know there's a lot of folks listening here who this is a topic that they are super, super passionate about. So instead of just being passionate about it and getting angry online, here are actual solutions you can bring to your legislature, to your Congress person and all the above. So please go ahead, take today's episode. If you got some value besides just listening to it, please give it a share. When you do tag yours truly at B Nichols Liberty. You can find me over on Facebook as well as on Twitter. Uh, I guess X.com, formerly Twitter. Robert, where can folks go ahead and find you if they want to continue the conversation? Well, I'm on Twitter. I'm hard to miss on the Google. Um, I'm on TikTok. Yeah, you betcha. I'm on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, baby. I'm on YouTube, I'm on Instagram, I'm on LinkedIn, and I'm on X at PowerHungry, uh, PWR Hungry, and on Substack. I'm on I'm free on Substack, robertbryce.substack.com. Love it. Robert Bryce, it's been an absolute pleasure. And folks, yes, you can go ahead and not just check whatever version of the show you listen to or watch, video or audio, but yeah, as I tease there, there's the alternative version. So for the YouTubes, Rumbles, uh, Ben Swan, Sovereign, uh, also we upload our entire episodes to x.com in their video entirety. So go ahead, check out those episodes over there. If you're more of a podcast kind of guy, I feel you. I listen to podcasts all day long. Head to your favorite podcast catcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube music, wherever it is you get your podcasts. Hit subscribe to The Brian Nichols Show. Download all unplayed episodes. We have over 805 episodes, I think it is at this point. And I guarantee of all the amazing guests we've had here in the program, I, I think maybe a handful will leave you educated, enlightened, and informed. Uh, maybe more than a handful. Uh, go ahead and check out the 800 past episodes and you'll, you'll find out for yourself. Uh, with that being said, folks, uh, please go ahead. Give us uh, some love. If you would, please give us a five-star rating and review. And then one other thing, please support the folks who support us here at The Brian Nichols Show. So for our sponsors, Cardio Miracle, Ebel, CBD, uh, Blood of Tyrants, Liquid Freedom, Energy Tea, BNC Technology Advisors, uh, Advisors and more, all those sponsors, they are uh, being advertised in our, our show notes here. So please go ahead, give them some love. And when you do, tell them that you heard them over here at The Brian Nichols Show. Folks, that's all we have for you. With that being said, Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Robert Bryce. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. 
Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com.